You are listening to Up To Me Radio, the best in inspirational talk radio. It's up to me. It's up to me to be the very best I can be. And it's up to you. Magazine Show is your inspirational go-to platform for behind the scenes with industry professionals and talent in Christian entertainment and successful small businesses. Join us today as our guest will be Stone Road Pictures award-winning filmmaker, director Jim Ball, and executive producer and actress Julie Silcott with their latest film, The Order of Rights. I'm your host, Gabby G, because I was born with the gift of gab, a trait that each of my friends and family can all attest to. So please join me in my virtual Gabby G Cafe and be inspired along with me as I introduce to you each morning another fabulous guest to inspire and educate you. Each week, I will welcome our guest and invite you to join me in conversations on diverse topics that relate to our journeys in awakening and living in our life purpose. I'm blessed and humbled to be a part of this Christ-led team, and I do not take this opportunity to serve as your host for granted. Here at Up To Me Magazine, we love to encourage and empower each other to be the best that we can be. So this program is truly meant to be a platform of voices to be heard and expressed in a safe and non-judgmental environment. As a reminder, Up To Me Radio can be found on iHeartRadio, Alexa, Google Play Music, as well as Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Join our nearly 2 million listeners in uploading any one of these apps on your mobile or Android devices or any of your favorite podcast apps. On social media, Up To Me Radio can also be found on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. Whether you're a new listener this season or a loyal present listener to this program, you now have the ability to be a subscriber to the Up To Me Magazine show. Simply go to our website at www.up2meradio.com and click on the show image to check out our latest events, hot topics, tips, promotional giveaways, and more. Well, I think everyone listening here today can think of a favorite film or movie project that they have never forgotten. Perhaps it was something so creative like Star Wars or one of those epic films like The Ten Commandments or Ben-Hur. A film and story so compelling that everywhere you go, people are talking about it. 
This morning, I believe that I'm introducing to you one such film through its creators, award-winning director Jim Ball and executive producer and actress Julie Silcott with their family production company, Stone Road Pictures, for their upcoming pro-life film, The Order of Rights. This movie does not disappoint. Father Jim Ball has been writing, producing, and directing award-winning music and films since he was a teen, winning MTV's Basement Tapes Award in the late 1980s for his music video, Serious Injury. Shortly after, he began shooting commercials for television for a local Baltimore TV station and became a full-time filmmaker with his then-recording studio, Flipside Sound and Film. He has been in full-time ministry since 1996 and founded his Holy Apostles Church in 1998. Most recently, he has co-written and directed his 2008 film, The Sins of the Father, winning Best Mystery Feature in 2009's New York International Film Festival and the Red Carpet Award in 2013 from Atlanta, Georgia's Kingdom World Christian Film Festival. Together with his family's production company, Stone Road Pictures, he continues to write and direct award-winning movies such as their upcoming pro-life film, Order of Rights. Julie Silcott is an award-winning executive producer and actress educated in her craft through the renowned AMTC Talent Agency, Actors, Models, and Talent for Christ, where she was awarded finalist awards for acting and modeling. You have seen her in the original 2012 TV series for Milgram and the Fast Walkers and as the lead, Jenna Ford, for the award-winning film, Sins of the Father. Most recently, she is the executive producer and co-lead actress with actress Shannon Fields in her role as Joan Carpenter for the award-winning pro-life film, Order of Rights, for which I have brought Jim and his sister, Julie, here to talk with us today. Good morning, Jim and Julie. Good morning, Gail. Good morning, Gail. Thank you so much Uh, for having us. Thank you both so much for taking the time to be with us today. I really appreciate it. Well, we have so much to cover here, and we're going to have a special treat in a few minutes, um, in a little bit. So I just want to go ahead and dive in here and get started. Um, I have some specific questions for each of you, but please feel free to interject. So, Jim, we're going to start with you. And I know that you are a man of the cloth, but as a filmmaker, you could have written any number of scripts. So where did you get the inspiration to write a pro-life film, per se? Well, for one, I'm a priest in the Charismatic Episcopal Church, which was founded in the pro-life movement. Uh, It was a bunch of Pentecostal churches out in California that were involved in Operation Rescue, and they spent time in jail, uh, and they spent time in jail with uh, Catholics. So these are evangelical Pentecostals who were starting to have fellowship with Catholics, and they realized that they were uh, on the same team when maybe before they they didn't think they were. So they started uh, getting the sacraments and liturgy involved, and, and that's what started the Charismatic Episcopal Church. And since I'm a evangelical Pentecostal Catholic, it's a place where I fit. But again, it was founded in the pro-life movement. My father was the first pro-life activist I ever knew back in the 70s. Uh, of course, at the time we thought he was a little crazy, but at the same time, you know, it, it, it wore off, you know. Um, but um, And then when I was uh, converted, uh, Pentecostal gospel uh, singer led me back to Jesus Christ at the age of 35 at my recording studio, and and um, shortly after that, I went to my first pro-life march, and it was there that a woman walked up to me on the street and started calling me father, you know, and I, and I was standing next to a Jesuit priest that I knew, 
And I said, I'm not a priest. And she said, are you sure? You know, and, I, and, and so, in other words, I even got my, my kind of exterior call, even at the pro-life march. Uh, and then usually on, on July 4th, you know, the Sunday of July, uh, around July 4th every year, I give a sermon on, on the Declaration of Independence, how that is tied to the, uh, you know, biblical worldview, and that the uh, sentence or the clause in the preamble, life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, uh, is not just a nice, alliterative-sounding phrase, but it actually is the order of, of rights as given to us by God, which are inalienable. And I said, this gives us the matrix on how we are to determine uh, uh, legal matters or, or claims and things like that in the, in the court system and in our morality. And I said, so, and they're listed in order. Life is the preeminent right. Uh, liberty is, is, a, is, a, is a God-given right that, is, that comes second. And then pursuit of happiness, which is a kind of category, a class of rights. In other words, it's, it's those it tells you you're allowed to choose your career or make choices for your life as you see fit. You know, the state doesn't get to dictate what you do. If I want to be an engineer, I'll be an engineer. If I want to be a musician, I'll be a musician, and no one's going to tell me what to do. So with that said, uh, I I talk about the, uh, the great civil rights debate in the uh, 1800s, which was the uh, abolition movement, and, and, I, and I said that, that people really understood this matrix back then that um, uh, that uh, a, you know, a human being has a right to liberty or freedom, uh, which is why, and everyone understood that, which is why uh, the slaves were declared to be five-eighths human beings, um, because if they were fully human, and in the case of, uh, the, then the court would have no choice but to grant them their rights. And of course, the South was claiming. Um, we have a right to our way of life, which they do. Um, but your right to pursuit of happiness, which is your way of life, cannot impinge on a person's uh, right to liberty. And so if we fast forward to our, their current day, you know, the, the issue, the preeminent uh, uh, issue today, today in my mind is, is the abortion issue because we believe that the life inside a mother's womb is a child. And so, therefore, uh, if the child is, is a full human being, then it has the right to life. And a mother's right to choose, which a mother does have a right to choose. She you know, certainly does. She can choose her life and everything else, but she can't choose her. She can't make her choice at the expense of a person's life. So, you know, I've preached that a number of times, and I've had people walk up to me you know, after the sermon and say, uh, I never knew that. I mean, I'm pro-life, but I never really understood that matrix, and it just makes things really clear. So I thought, well, how do I make a movie out of that without being preachy, you know, sermonizing, didactic? And I thought, well, we'll make it a courtroom drama. So uh, that's basically the genesis of, of the film or, the, you know, the, what, what started the idea. Wow. I had no idea about your background at all. And so that has always been something that has been in, in your heart. It's part of um, how the Lord called you. Um, that, I had no idea. That's pretty moving. Mm-hmm. To know that the Lord implanted that in you, even from your very first calling. I think it's pretty interesting that someone asked you if you were a father when you weren't even a priest yet. So you can tell that, you know, she was already giving you a word of knowledge that you weren't even well, aware I of. Be- and I was beginning to want, you know, think about that, like, do I have some kind of call? And um, and so uh, her walking up, and, she, and again, I'm standing next to my cousin who's a Jesuit priest, and she goes, excuse me, Father, can I ask you a question? I think she's talking to him. 
and I'm not answering because right. I and and uh, I said he's the priest I'm not and she said are you sure and then of course he looks at me like he might need to think about this <laughs> but I don't think it's an accident <laughs> and of course like I said I the pro life issue was not even really an issue for me for years I ran away from God from the age of 13 till 35 so you know that really wasn't a thing but as soon as I you know, got got converted or born again or however, whatever term you want to use, um, that issue popped in pretty quickly with me. You know, in other words, I, it it just God gave it back. God gave that to me fairly quickly. Yeah, and for t- such a time as this, <laughs> right? You know, the Lord doesn't waste anything, and I just love how um, He just instilled that in you from such an early time because He knew um, what He was going to do with that. Um, that unction, if you will. Um, right. I just, yeah, it's beautiful, I think. So for those who aren't familiar with the film, though, can you explain the premises for the Order of Rights? Uh, well, that will cost you extra. I didn't, I didn't <laughs> sign on for that. So, um, um, well, the, the, the story is about a, a, a young boy uh, who's a, grows up in a Christian family and, and meets a girl in high school. Uh, his name is Ethan Carpenter. Her name is Emma uh, um, Stein. And uh, they meet up uh, and, and form an attraction. He begins to tutor her. Uh, one thing leads to another. Next thing you know, she's... Uh, and, of course, she comes from a completely different worldview. Uh, her mother's played by Shannon Fields, who uh, is a libertine, you know, uh, very progressive and and, and um, believes that, uh, you know, a woman has a right to choose and she wants her daughter to get an abortion. Uh, and so, of course, that creates conflict. Um, the young boy, uh, Ethan Carpenter, played by Ben Davies, you know, of course, feels guilty about what he's done, for one. And two is now he's, he's uh, caught in a position of, um, of uh, you know, having a, a child that's going to be aborted. So uh, he ends up uh, filing a lawsuit uh, to, on behalf of the baby's uh, right to life and and it, and it so becomes a um, you know then it gets taken to court and of course it stirs up some uh some uh controversy uh, as as it would do anyway so that's the basic you know the basic setup and I'm not going to tell you more than that cuz I want people to go see the movie so <laughs> absolutely and in a little bit we are going to treat them to the trailer but um, one thing um, I was curious about, because I find this movie so intriguing and groundbreaking for a number of reasons, Jim. Um, one is that it does, it comes from so many different viewpoints, though, the woman's perspective, the court's perspective, but it focuses mainly on the young father's perspective, um, which to me is such a different approach. So what made you write it so courageously from the young man's main perspective? Be honest, that wasn't even conscious in my mind. No. In other words, I just I just wrote it. It's like that's. But the point being is is that, well, I'm a man for one, and mm-hmm. and you know one thing we teach men is to take responsibility for their actions. We you know we we recognize a lot of the problems in our culture is is uh, lack of fatherhood. You know, men have been mm-hmm. and there's been a war against the image of God in men. You know, abortion. You know, killing people is one, but also. Uh, the enemy is trying to take away the God-given uh, uh, sexual identity of the male and female. You know, it's, it's trying to uh, uh, morph that into a, either a million different quote-unquote genders, which is which is just simply not true. Um, and but he's also uh, the enemy's tried to feminize men and masculinize women. 
Uh, and of course, male and female both have have traits of both. But but a, a man is a man is made by God to be a man, and a woman is a woman made to be a woman. They have God given attributes that are that are particular to their sex, or more. Uh, so at any rate, um, writing it from a man's perspective, I guess it was sort of unconscious, if if you will. I mean, it's, it wasn't like I had to think there's never been a man's perspective. But it's that's interesting that it's gotten picked up like that. You know, a lot of people. Have, Almost everyone's watched it has made that statement, so that's almost a surprise to me because it's, um, hmm. um, it, 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 you know, I mean, I live in my head, you know, so I don't, I don't <laughs> right. think about right. what I think about. You know what I think? Um, I think why it's a surprise to people is because there's been a lot of movies about this topic, and um, most of the time it's written by the woman's perspective. Because well, wait. go ahead. Yeah. Well, I mean, yes. And just and just one of the things we really endeavored to do was we endeavored to treat the our opponents. Um, in other words, I don't. I, I based uh, Shannon Fields' character on a friend, uh, someone I'm very close to, who I love, and disagrees with me vehemently on this on this issue. And she's she's not an evil person. She's a good person, you know. But we but we disagree on this. And so I didn't want you to hate Shannon's character, and I also didn't want you to hate Emma's, Emma's character. And on top of that, we didn't we gave the pro-choice argument exactly the way the pro-choice people make their argument. We didn't add to it or take away. We didn't demagogue them in any in any way, shape, or form. Uh, and and actually, when we showed it at, at the, the theater in Dublin, Georgia, last year uh, to benefit a women's clinic down there. One of the ladies said, I love the film, but my problem is you made the pro-choice argument too strongly. And I said, well, I've heard that about people have said that. I've heard people well, say, said, is this a pro-choice? I thought, um, I thought it was pro-life. Well, for one, we want, I don't want just pro-life people to see it. I mean, that would be, no. we don't want to just preach the converted. We want to give them some tools for, for, you know, for, uh, for thought. understanding why they're pro-life and everything else or to strengthen their position or give clarity but at the same time, I want someone. I, I want to reach the people out there that are either undecided or mildly pro-choice, and and I mean, I know a lot of Christians that are pro-choice because they think, you know, they've heard, well, it's about the women's rights. Okay, we get that. So, but if we had made a false argument, because I've I've seen movies before where people have taken the Christian perspective and completely maligned our position in, in film and stuff like that. In other words, I go, that's not what we say. You know they're mis they're mischaracterizing what we say, and I'm I am saying that we have given the pro-choice argument exactly as it's been put forth. As a matter of fact, when Richard Cutting, you know my co-writer, when I had brought the first draft of the script, he read some lines that I put in there, and he thought they were too harsh. And I said, but that's exactly what they say, Richard. He wasn't as aware aware of the situation at that time. So, um, but the point is, I said, but I said to the women at the theater, I said, look. You know, people hear this position day and night. It's on it's on all of our major, you know, movies and television and, 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 and in the media. This is the position that's put forth twenty four seven. So oh, um, they yeah. already heard that. I said, but they've never heard but they've never heard our argument. So uh, so we, we give both sides of the argument because it wouldn't be fair not to. Uh, and that's what I I really uh, love about this film is that you're not out like you said to villainize one position or the other. And I love the way 
Oh, I don't want to give away the. <laughs> I don't want to give away parts of the movie, but I just love how it's presented. Let's just say that um, for both sides. So anybody that watches this film can find themselves and their own perspective in it. And I, I feel like you did that fairly. So it's kudos to you for that. And so let's bring Julie on. Let's bring in your your sister Julie. Hello, Julie. Hey, how are you? Fine, thank you. So, hey, I want to talk about your role for a minute here. Um, you did a recent interview with Dr. Diane Howard of Faith Lines Magazine, and you stated that your character as Joan Carpenter brought relatability and an honest backstory to the role. So can you elaborate on that? Well, without giving away the story, right? Um, I think a lot, of, a lot of women that see this movie, they're going to have their own stories that are going to be able to relate to Joan's character. And in case in point, like when we did the showing in Dublin a year ago, I had a lady come up to me and she was in tears. And she just said, your story was my story. And she had a son there with her who actually knew her story. And as she was in tears watching it, he was squeezing her hand just like to say, I'm here for you. And to me, you know, God planted that. At, for such a moment for, for her to watch and the son to support her and give her the love she needed and the healing just occurred from just watching it. And to me, that's, that's what the work of what God is doing in this whole film. It's the people that need to see the story to learn truth and to receive healing. So you are a mother of, that's pretty incredible. Uh, and like I said, um, a lot of people, when they see this film, are going to be able to find themselves somewhere in the, in this movie, in, in each of the mm-hmm. characters that are there. The characters mm-hmm. are written very strongly, and I'm not just talking about the four mm-hmm. principles, but yep. there are so many, so many different characters um, in this film um, that people can find that they align with. But um, so that's a really a beautiful backstory, Julie. Thanks for sharing that. Mm-hmm. And so I know that you are a mother of four grown young men. So was this helpful for you to um, to build up on your character? And how did you prepare like mentally, emotionally, or spiritually for that, for this role? You know, I, I don't think we realize God plants things in us along the way because being a mom, you know, back was like 10 years before we filmed The Sins of the Fathers, you know, I was I was just very sick. So I had to overcome a lot of challenges being a mother with four kids. I had to push through things, not having energy, not having focus. I remember at one point I had to, to get up the steps. I had to go up on all fours. I just had no strength. So you just learn to move in the dark with God. You just, you have to walk on water. You just have to fight through it and believe that he's by your side. I think that that prepared me on the production side because I actually had never produced a movie before. So when Jim asked me to, you know, when we were planning it, I I questioned whether I should have even, you know, been an actor in it because I, I just couldn't, I couldn't pull out a card of how to produce a movie. So, um, you know, then I had said a prayer that night and I, when I woke up, I had a book by my side and I opened it up, you know, just like, Lord, should I be doing this? And it said, if you don't stretch yourself and do and, and plan for the impossible, how can I show up? 
where do I get the glory in that? And I thought, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. He, That's wa- profound, he, wa- huh? he wants me to do this. Like, <laughs> so I just, I just knew. And, and we had two weeks to prepare for the production side. So, wow. you know, with, with kids, you feed them. You get them where they need to go. You, you know, you, you, you do those kinds of things. And so that's similar to the production. So I just, I just moved. I just got up and I moved and God taught me how to break down a script. I was like, I don't even, I don't even know how you do wardrobe. So I sat there one day going, okay, well, you must have to break it down into the day. So we had two weeks and we had to shop for the clothes. We had to, we had to plan the food, which we had amazing people step up. And that's, that God just came right in brought the right people that needed to help and I give God all the glory for it to be honest with you Gail I I do not take the credit I just was a willing servant to to do the you know to to listen and do what he was asking me to do but yes I think that having kids prepared me when I didn't even realize it Um, spiritually I think it made me cling to him because I had to walk on water I, I literally did not even know what I was doing. Now, I had acted before, and I had some training in that, but, you know, I didn't even know my lines just because of the intensity of the work from the production side. So side. God stepped in with that because Emma lost her voice, so we had to shut down oh, for four I, weeks. Oh, mm-hmm, I remember that. Yeah, so I was yeah. like, oh my praise the Lord. I mean, not that I wanted Emma to lose her voice and, you know, and even the cost <laughs> of need- sending – Right. Sending people home and shipping them back. You know, God provided. I mean, we didn't even have the funds when we started planning this in December. And we said, nope. Our schedule said, our scheduler said, you don't start this train until this is ready to roll. And we were like, well, the actors are, aren't getting any younger. We better, we got to roll now. This is our time frame for the actors in January. So we started on Martin Luther King weekend which in itself to me is prophetic. And so, and we were there in near Gettysburg. So that was just so amazing. And God just provided every step of the way. Well, I love how you say that you didn't feel qualified to do it. You only had two weeks, you didn't have time to prepare, but the Lord clearly was telling you, you got to stretch yourself so I can show up and show out. Um, Mm -hmm. And what is it they say that um, he doesn't qualify call the qualified he qualifies the called so once he calls mm-hmm. you he'll qualify you but it's it's mm-hmm. a scary process and it's and it's um but it allows for us to do what you um and what god wants us to do and what you said you had to do it forced you to cling to him because that's mm-hmm. what he wants he wants to walk side by side with us um through the mm-hmm. process he's there he'll show up but he wants us to be willing and step out and you certainly did and you would never know that by your amazing performance in this. Um, you just mm. did an amazing, amazing job. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of um, mm. Jim you, and yeah. Richard and Shannon and Ben and Emma and just um, Cameron mm-hmm. Ornette. He was amazing as Coach Bradford. Oh. So, oh, my mm-hmm. goodness. So you have such a cast. We'll talk about them in just a moment. Um, so what we're going to do is I just want to say real quick that if anybody wants to um, call in and have any questions or comments for Jim and Julie, we'll be taking callers around 1040, and you can call in at this number, 347-324-5246, and press the number 1. Okay, so again, that number is 347-324-5246, 
and press the number one at about 1040. Okay, so before we talk further about this um, pro-life film, The Order of Rights, I want to go ahead and treat our listeners to this compelling trailer. So let's take a listen. You really like him, don't you? Yeah. This girl's a genius. I'm counting on you to keep these guys focused. And I don't want to hear anything about girls and parties. Do you like to stay? I think that I should. Even if it's just for a moment. Oh, God. Where do I go from here? I really messed up. No matter what decision Emma makes, your life will have been affected. You might have to forego playing college football. Don't let him tell you what to do. This is your decision. Maybe we should think about getting married? There is another choice. It's a baby, Em. And you said you would support me. I do support you, but I can't condone murder. Don't you tell me what I can and can't do with my body. How important is the life of your child? Let's do this, Mr. Forsett. I'm here to serve you and your daughter a court notice. What business is my daughter's life to you? riveting case seizes the national spotlight involving a young man's pursuit to prevent his girlfriend from aborting their child. You do this to create media attention. Look outside, Mr. Carpenter. Isn't this exactly what you were hoping for your 15 minutes of fame? We actually have a kid who wants to be a dad and not a deadbeat. But first, he needs a court to recognize that the child has a right to live. Is Miss Stein's baby viable right now? No, not at this stage. Thank you. No more questions, Your Honor. Do you believe that the pro-life issue has become the civil rights issue of the day? A woman has a right to choose what she does with her body. The baby's not her body. I'd like to ask you if the fetus can feel pain. Yes, absolutely. Wow. (laughs) That's so, this is so powerful. And if if this trailer doesn't compel you uh, to go see this movie, um, you're really going to be missing out on um, something so precious. And it's very it's a very spiritual um, experience watching this movie. And again, you'll find yourself in a lot of these different characters and um, and folks that are portrayed in this film. And so. Um, Jim, I, I want you to tell me about um, the the equally powerful order of rights cast and what that process was like uh, was like for you. Do you find when you're casting people that uh, does God like put a dove over their head and say this one I want this one this one and this one? So how do you know who the right character is? So tell us about who you chose, the principles, and um, what that process was like for you. Well, I mean, first off, we already knew that uh, Richard Cutting, who I've worked with many times in the past. Uh, and Julie were going to be in it. We knew that. Um, I know Julie didn't think so, but I did. Um, and then Julie had Julie had <laughs> met uh, Shannon like uh, sometime a year before. And and we, uh, when Julie and I first saw Shannon and um, facing the Giants years ago, she, she said, I, "I think we'll work with her someday." I remember her telling me that. But um, mm-hmm. uh, at any rate, you know, casting's you know, casting's just kind of a weird thing. You know, it's it's like because um, you have when you write the story, you have pictures of, of people in your head, and sometimes you cast someone that's different than the picture you have in your head, but they're right for it at the same time. 
So, uh, you know, we'd hope to get Ben Davies. I mean, Shannon, uh, Shannon's agent, uh, Nisi, uh, is, uh, Davies is Ben Davies' mother. So we were able to secure Ben Davies uh, through that. Uh, casting for Emma was the, um, you know, of course, we had to find the right girl for that, the right actress. Right. And I had in mind some actress that had worked with uh, Richard on, on his web series that I had shot. And I thought she would be a, you know, she fit the, the image in my head. Um, but uh, but at the same time, I, I don't think she was a Christian, probably not pro-life, and I didn't want to put someone in a position to act against their beliefs and, 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 and have that contention. So we found Emma. I mean, Nisi had sent me like three or four auditions, uh, video auditions, and, they, and we had some really good ones. But the second we saw Emma within like the first um, two lines, I went, that's the girl. You know, that's the actress. She's and amazing, she was, I mean, Emma. Yeah, very talented. Yeah, she couldn't be any better. And it turns out mm. she and Ben had worked together, and they had, you know, they have a good chemistry between them. Uh, uh, some of the uh, Cameron Arnett, uh, we were looking for. You know, I wanted, to, I wanted, mm-hmm. I wanted a black actor with some, you know, with some gravitas, so to speak, and uh, to play the uh, football coach. I met Cameron Arnett down at um, uh, Kingdomwood Film Festival about three years ago. I think we were uh, down there, and he walked up and said, you know, if you have a uh, a part, uh, let me know. And I liked him, and I liked him so much that what I did was I, I combined two roles for him. I had a, the role of a pastor who counsels Ben's character and the role of a football coach, and I liked Cameron so much I thought, well, you know, I'll just combine the roles and give him more screen time. Uh, Jack Walker, who plays uh, Julie's uh, husband and Ben's father in the movie, is someone that goes to, that Shannon met when she moved to Dublin, Georgia, and was going to church, and uh, and, and Jack had worked in Hollywood and, and uh, you know, was doing some really – in some pretty significant movies. But he moved away from Hollywood because he didn't want his kids growing up in that culture, same as kind of Cameron moved away, didn't want to be in the culture. And she, and he had such bad experience in the film business that he, he, he swore off acting. He said, I'm never doing this again. But wow. Shannon, finally, Shannon finally convinced him to be in it, and he's one of my favorite. You know, we just stayed at his house for a couple of days. We're coming back from that right now. Became friends with him, but he play, he's he's just a, a really fine actor. And uh, and uh, let me think that Dennis Dennis uh, Lower, uh, who plays our, uh, mm-hmm. one of our doctors, wow. mm-hmm. oh, he's phenomenal. Um, met, him. met him down at the Kingwood Film Festival. Struck up a conversation with him. Put him in. Uh, and uh, Father Terry Gensimer, who's our the priest, who's the head of our uh, worldwide denominations. Um, CEC for life, you know, I said, you, he, he said, I want to, I want to be in your movie. I said, what part do you want to play? He goes, I want to be the abortionist. So wow. uh, he played completely against type, um, mm. but you know, and different, different people get, we had a really good actor lined up to play the defense. I mean, the, uh, the attorney for the, the, the attorney for the abortion side, uh, a friend of Richard's and he acted in his web series and a really good guy, really good guy, good actor. And, uh, uh, but it turned out when we started talking to him about the script, he goes, boy, I think this is a great movie. My wife is the head of New York Planned Parenthood. Um, oh and I, uh, so when he read the script, he goes, I, I just can't do this. And then we found Michael Joyner, who was brilliant in the uh, movie Grace Card, uh, to play Calvin Trask. I mean, so I mean, it's it just kind of like, you know, I mean, sometimes you with Emma, the light went on. Uh, uh, Jack, I hadn't seen him or uh, heard much, but as soon as we got him on set, this guy is awesome, you know, and he's a really fine actor. Um, 
Michael Joyner, I'd seen her in the Grace card. Uh, I'd seen Cameron, you know, some is real. Uh, Francine Locke has a small role in it, um, it, it but at the same time, you know, uh, a really good actor. Uh, as I say, there are no small parts, you know. So Francine Locke plays our judge, and even though it's not the biggest part, uh, it's, you know, her, just her, her ability just really nails that down. So, and then we mm-hmm. filled out some of the cast with some of our, you know, some people we know that acted in films before locally and things like that. It's really a phenomenal cast. Uh, Francine Locke is amazing. I've seen her on Hallmark. She's on a lot of, of different shows. So you have a lot of well-known. Nashville, yeah. Nashville, mm-hmm. yes, um, as well as Niecy Davies is in it as well. And she was also in the in the show Nashville as well as being a, a right. talent agent. But she's amazing. Her whole family is incredible. Um, so you have an incredible, um, you know, well-trained cast. Um, who just well, do, I forgot to mention Richard Richard Cutting. Yeah, Richard Cutting's my friend. Oh, we can't I, forget Richard. Mm-hmm. I forgot Richard. Mm-hmm. He's, and he's, he, he and I, <laughs> you know, I wrote the first draft, and he and I spent like, you know, I'd go about three or four days once a month to his house in Connecticut. We'd write for three or four days. Uh, but he, he plays the uh, defense or the attorney for um, Ethan, you know, Ben Davies' character. Uh, in his he's Dolan for set. Yep. Don't yes, say. he is. Yeah, he he does an amazing job as well. Yeah, Richard's an, an amazing mm-hmm. actor as well. Um, so I just thank you for that. I wanted um, people to know um, how you kind of acquired, you know, your your cast because they fit so well into their roles, and they really help to lend um, just a, a beautiful portrayal for, uh, for the whole movie and for each of the viewpoints. So um, thank you for that. And so one of the things that I wanted to talk about is um, we know the enemy does not want this movie to be made. Did um, either of you experience any technical or maybe spiritual warfare in the shooting of the film or even in your lives? This was a long process of filming. So did you find um, or feel that you were experiencing any spiritual warfare, like Jim, while you're shooting or or Julie in your role? You want to start, Jim? I'd say as soon as as soon as we kicked the film off, you were uh, you were there. Yeah, we had a, a banquet in Westminster, and it shot a yes. couple of scenes with Shannon. Uh, they we ended up uh, the scene that we shot in. There's a scene we shoot in a supermarket uh, that was actually shot like five oh, years ago. Oh, Santonis. And a year before principal shooting began, but uh, and we actually kept that. We shot two other scenes that we end up reshooting because of uh, the various reasons for that. But then we had a banquet to announce it and try to, you know, raise funds. As soon as we started that, I, I got a, a sickness that lasted for two months straight. Uh, mm-hmm. Like the worst cough I've ever had that, was, that wouldn't stop. That, that was just the start of it. I would say things mm-hmm. like uh, I, I had three cameras break down in the middle of the shoot. That never happened. That never happens. I mean, not like this. I've never had a camera just stop. Uh, a brand new sound system that just stopped. So, you know, of course, we had some uh, other stuff. Um uh, and then on top of that, some real physical uh, or like just just spiritual oppression that's really hard to mm-hmm. describe at, at various and sundry times. And every time we went to a new step, like finishing the film, something would happen. Um, but that was it, 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 it would take me too long to go into each one in, in detail. But that's that's but yes, lots of warfare. Mm-hmm. Actually, and, and my dog died when we were shooting in Connecticut oh, when we had come home. Yeah, and then within a week, Shannon's dog died of the same thing, and mine was only six years old. And then a year later, 
I had another dog die at seven years old, and they both had the same thing. So, and that, you know, they're my babies. Um, it was, that was the hardest thing for me to deal with. But I would say through it, we've had nonstop attacks, nonstop. And let's just throw a global pandemic to the mix and all of that. So, oh, you know, gosh. Um, right? So mm-hmm. how did the pandemic affect your guys' initial plans to release this film? Um, and how did you have to reimagine that process? Well, we had, uh, for one, uh, we, we, there were lots of steps in between, you know, f- uh, finishing shooting and editing and all that stuff. But uh, when we're, we, I think we've gone through uh, probably two, maybe three different distributors, uh, two or three different publicists, um, two advertising agencies or, you know, promotion, whatever you want to call them. Um, but we finally lined up a, uh, uh, a distributor to go, and we're going to go out in, in, in September 17th, I think it was, which is Constitution Day. And, mm-hmm. of course, around March, uh, the pandemic hits, and I was actually getting a little anxious. I'm going, I, 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 I'm a little concerned. I'm not sure this is going to be over by then. And, and I said, well, maybe I called Richard, who would made the initial contact, and said, do we have a clause? Like, maybe they can maybe we should just consider uh, streaming on Amazon and things like that, as opposed to theaters. Uh, do you think they do that? Well, uh, Richard or my brother, Steve was the other executive producer, one of the other executive producers called, and it t- turned out that this, the distribution uh, agency decided they were going to just get out of the business. Uh, so we, wow. we didn't have to, we didn't have to break the contract. They, it was null and void, but then we had to scramble in just a few months to get it ready to get up on uh, Amazon and, and iTunes and Google play it because that there's, there's a lot of work to do and all that. So, mm-hmm. uh, but, but with that said, um, we, we, um, well, we just had to just change gears and go, let we, because we, we had to get it out. We felt really compelled to get it out before the election, because as it turns out, you know, now the election is, is, uh, one of the issues that, that I believe is going to be pretty high up on the list is is the issue of abortion um, and anyway, the Constitution so, yeah. and inalienable mm-hmm. rights. Yeah. Inalienable rights. It's, mm-hmm. it's all right. such a time. Like God's timing is amazing. Yeah, you see it all over the news now. And actually, after Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away um, last Monday night, it was all you know they were discussing the rights of the baby on the news, and I'm like, wow, like. This is such a setup from God. He I was just going to say that. that. It is. Yeah, he I believe held it, it back. is as well. I mean, we, we finished in yeah. 2018, and he held it back for such a time as this. And he's shutting everything down and making people just listen to what his heart is saying. His heart is here. This is what his heart is saying, and he wants us to pay attention. Uh, so real quick, we do have a caller, so I'm going to take that caller in a minute, but real quick, how did God come through in his alternative plans for distribution? Um, mighty, mighty plan with Rocket Lava and Josh Lopez. Can you talk uh, briefly before we take our caller? Quick on that, um, you know, distribution was with the platforms, but they came in with their influencer network, um, which is huge, to promote the film, and it's actually like taking off just from, from that. And so we got connected by them and that was a God inspired thing. And, you know, we only had a short period of time, 
So it's with Rocket Lava and the Broadway Agency, which the Broadway Agency handled all the social media um, with, you know, building the website and then um, just the influencer network and, and the words just starting to really travel through that. Which is, the website is uh, www.orderofrights.com. Okay, so Order we're going to do... Orderofrightsmovie.com. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you for that. The mm-hmm. Orderofrightsmovie.com. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I appreciate that. Thank you. Sorry about that. Sure. No okay, so we're going to take our next caller. So uh, you are on the air with Jim and Julie. Hi, Gail. Yes, is this Richard? Yes, it's Rich Cutting. How are you today? Oh, Richard, thank you so much for calling in. We're uh, What a treat. So now we get to talk to actually one of the actors. Um, and actually you're a co-writer, as um, Jim had mentioned. So talk about your role um, um, from like Soup to Nuts and um, just how you prepare for the role and how it's, uh, how it's special to you. Sure, sure. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me. It's great to talk to your, your listeners. Um, so this is a really uh, interesting role because, you know, we're working with Jim on the writing and then going through, you know, pre-production, it's kind of like, it's a kind of actor's prep you never get, you know, so the insights are great. And um, the whole team kind of from an actor's perspective, let's say, uh, you know, was constantly feeding me ideas and, and bringing me up to speed on the, on the issues around abortion. Um, you know, Steve is a, a, is a, a real fond of wisdom on the constitutional uh, side and on the political side and is very well versed in that. So I had to play the lawyer who represents Ethan, uh, the young man who's bringing the case to court to try and preserve the right of his child. And uh, my character's name is Dolan Forsett. So I have to lay out the argument, essentially, that A, this is a person in Emma's womb, and B, if that's true, uh, and the court finds that true, then uh, that person is protected, just as you and I are, under the, uh, the Constitution, um, you know, specifically prioritizing life, then liberty, then the pursuit of happiness in that order, because that's the premise of my complaint, if you will, in court, that the violation of right, uh, the right to life is primary, and liberty and pursuit of happiness are subsidiary to that, and that was the intent, intention of the founders. So as a you know person playing this role, it was very exciting to present a premise in a film that I believe, I think we all believe, has never really been stitched together that way. No, and, it's brilliant, actually. I think it's brilliant. Yeah, you know, and there are a lot of films out there. Well, a lot, but there have been several films over this past several years that have, you know, treated the issue of, of life and, and abortion from various angles. So this, this movie really, what I like to say is we take it from the kitchen table. This is happening. This, this uh, unexpected pregnancy is happening all across America every day. And the, the effects on families and communities and churches and, and indeed the country, you know, just on a secular basis, aside from the deep, deep spiritual basis. And um, it was kind of fun to play a lawyer. It's always fun to play a trial lawyer anyway. Because, uh, you get to stand up there and talk to the jury in a deep voice. 
(laughs) (laughs) Now, you just portray it so beautifully. In fact, I was wondering if you had any law experience because you did it so well. Um, Do you have any law experience? I don't, but I've had to work with lawyers, you know, pretty much all my working life. I was a corporate guy for a long time, so I, 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 I know how they I know how they're trained and what their practices are like and how they they work, you know. You did it beautifully. Hey, listen, thank you so much for calling in. Unfortunately, it's um it's the closing of our hour and we have to begin to wrap this up. It it takes um I mean, the time just goes so quickly and I just so appreciate your calling in and just giving us a little bit of your insight. You did a beautiful beautiful job. I'm very excited for everyone to see this film. Um, so thank you so much, Richard. And you did just a, a beautiful job in the writing and your and your acting. Uh, and we just look forward to um, this project and seeing you in this project and also in your other uh, projects as well coming up. Thank you so, so much, Gail. It's great to be with you. It's an honor. Bye-bye. I, I really appreciate it. Thank you, Richard. You have a blessed day. You too. Okay, so Jim and Julie, um, before we close out this portion of the program, I'm sorry, it's time as we say in the industry, it's it's a wrap. <laughs> we, um, can can you tell everyone how we can see this impactful film? It's coming out October second. Uh, you can rent it or buy it on Amazon, on uh, iTunes, Apple TV, uh, Google Play. Uh, we're still not sure about Voodoo, are we, Julie? No, I think we're just waiting on that one. Okay. Uh, and, uh, and and to my knowledge, you know, since it's on Google Play, you can also uh, rent it or buy it on on um, uh, YouTube as well, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And YouTube then. Okay, great. Yeah. And maybe we can check out Voodoo uh, Voodoo later. Um, mm-hmm. Well. I want to just thank you again for taking the time to be with us today. I know, Jim, um, that you and Richard are actually in Georgia as you had your um, your your theatrical release um, back in Dublin at the the Theater Dublin yep. this past weekend. Great. Yep. So, um, and I know that um, you're probably in a hotel room, so I just appreciate your time. I, I know you're busy, and you probably have to hit the road, but thank you again so much for being here, Julie. Um, I know that uh, with sense. your busy family, you have a lot going on yourself with as an executive producer and working um, on the particulars of the distribution release. And so I just thank you so much because um, this topic is just like we talked about. Um, it's so relative for the, uh, I'm sorry, relevant for the times that we're currently living in. And my hope is that it'll become a catalyst for um, healing and forgiveness and Christ's love, like just from the various mm-hmm. viewpoints um, mm-hmm. that you both so brilliantly execute um, in this film. So before mm-hmm. we close, I just want to um, cover you both and the film project in prayer because I think it's real important. So do you mind if I pray with you real quick? No, we'd love that, Gail. Thank you. Lord, we thank you so much for the courage and the faithfulness of Father Jim Ball and Julie Silcott and their family members and all of the actors and people associated with this film and Stone Road Pictures in the creation of this very compelling pro-life film to advocate 
for the unborn. We decree and declare Psalm 91 as a covering over each and every person associated with this film for their protection in the coming weeks and months. We ask that you protect the distribution release for the Order of Rights and pray for its success to advocate for the unborn with greater love and understanding and healing for all who view it. And we pray this in Jesus' mighty, mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Gail. Thank you. Thank you both so much. I really thank appreciate it. Thank you so much. It. And thank you on behalf of all the unborn children. Um, mm-hmm. And don't miss, so don't miss the theatrical premiere um, this Sunday, actually, tomorrow, September 27th. Um, we have one reviewing at the Theater Dublin in Dublin, Georgia. Tickets are just $5 with a 7 p.m. showtime. Is that correct, Jim? Uh, 7 or 7.30, I forget now. Uh, okay, be 7 that's on fine. the safe side. Yeah. 7 on the safe side. So 7 o'clock <laughs> tomorrow, 7 p.m. tomorrow at the Theater Dublin in Dublin, Georgia. If you have a heart for the unborn and are local to the Georgia area, grab some friends and go on down. Don't miss the TV on-demand streaming event for Order of Rights, the movie, Friday, October 2nd, on YouTube, possibly Voodoo. HD Movies, Amazon Prime Video, iTunes, and Google Play. For more information, please visit the Order of Rights website at www.orderofrightsmovie.com. On social media, you can follow the Order of Rights movie on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, respectively. The Up to Me Magazine show will be back next Saturday morning at 10 a.m. with another exciting guest to inspire and educate you. So mark your calendars and meet me here at the Gabby G Cafe. And on behalf of Mel D and myself and the entire cast of Up to Me Radio, this is Gabby G saying take five this week and be inspired to ask yourself about your own Up to Me journey. Then come back and share it with me because you know what? It's your life. It's your journey. It's up to you. Take us out, Mel D, as we listen to our fabulous theme song, Wake Up, by Blessed Love Gospel Reggae Band. Up to me to be the very best I can be, and it's up to you.
Wake up, wake up and live your life 